1: AutoWire, DFS, MLB podcast, Wednesday edition. Hi there, baseball fans. I'm Paul Bruno, and I'm joined once again by John McKechnie, and we're coming at you on September the 20th. John, the end of the schedule is in sight. With the season winding down, fewer teams have anything to play for, with most of the races decided. The AL East is up for grabs with uh, two teams we don't like, and very few teams in both wild card play- races are still involved. So my question to you off the top is, do you lean on a uh, contending club uh with something left to play for when you play DFS this late in the season or do you look elsewhere
2: yeah the, the the end times or the end game as far as uh the DFS season for baseball has definitely been interesting because you know teams are more um apt to just sort of empty their benches uh, at different points or you know get their young guys uh smet bats so you do bring up a good point in, in that using competitive teams uh probably locks you into more of a of a, of a floor of seeing uh you you know, the player that you choose, uh, their, their normal, uh, amount of plate appearances, whereas, you know, other teams, you know, maybe after the sixth inning, they're going to pull, uh, there's their, their kind of veteran first baseman to, to get the young guy, uh, some, some more reps there. So it is kind of interesting. It, it's, you know, a lot of, um, kind of, you gotta, you gotta plan accordingly. Cause you know, you really might see, uh, guys that you invest heavily and in only see, you know, at, at best three at bats.
1: You see that, folks? That's why this guy's giving you great value all year long as my sidekick. Typically, strong answer, John. Thank you for that one. I think I'm going to keep that in the back of my mind when I do DFS play the rest of the season. We got one more show, so let's go out with a bang uh, in the next two weeks, buddy. Uh, Let's go through the matchups with a quick preview of the projected starters on uh, tonight's slate of games. John, take us through the first half.
2: All right, starting us off tonight, we got Alex Wood and the Dodgers, 15 and 3 record, 269 ERA. Dodgers heavily favored on the road, minus 205, where they were heavily favored uh, the other night, and Kershaw uh, ended up losing that one. So, yeah. uh, Phillies, Phillies are, are scrapping right now, and that's an 8.5 over under there going against Jake Thompson and the Phillies, 2 and 2 mark, 4 4 6 ERA. Uh, then Brewers versus uh, Pittsburgh, a uh, bit of a, a no name pitching uh, matchup here. Aaron Wilkerson of the Brewers, uh, only one. One Inning pitch to his name <clears throat> going against Stephen Brault and the Pirates 1 0 mark 478 ERA. That's the 7 05 start. Then we're going to have uh, the Royals with Jake Junis 7 2 mark 4 1 5 ERA going to Detroit to face Brett Anderson and the Blue Jays 327 ERA for him. Blue Jays minus 125 home favorites and the over under sitting at 9 Then the Chris Sale and the Red Sox. Uh, finishing things off in baltimore uh, 16 and 7 mark for him 286 era red sox minus 175 favorites on the road eight and five or eight and a half is your over under there going against wade miley uh, who carries a 532 era into wednesday's start the 708 oh, eight first pitch and we have the cubs with john lester 11 and 7 mark 4 3 era uh, going against the the Rays in Blake Snell, three and six mark, four two five ERA. The Cubs minus one sixteen favorites there with a over under at a flat eight. And then the Cardinals with Luke Weaver minus one forty favorites are the Cardinals uh, going up to Cincinnati to face rookie Davis one and two mark seven seven one for rookie Davis. Luke Weaver on the other side of that uh, has a very impressive ERA. So Paul, what what do we got in the later window of the slate well, here?
1: Before I go there, I'm just going to mention that I'm going to be at that Royals uh, Jays tilt tonight, and I know that you guys in Baltimore don't like Jose Bautista but it's gonna be my last chance to see him live and so I'm kind of looking for oh, that okay. with a bit of a nostalgic eye tonight he's been great sure. for this club for the last 10 years so it'll be my time my time to say goodbye to him I don't know that there's any chance he'll be back next year so it's a bit of a nostalgic feel for me uh, as I head out to the to the ballpark tonight I'll, I'll say that so a tip of the cap from this corner to uh, a guy that I've favored and you probably haven't over the last 10 years
2: but I mean you, you, you know as much as uh, he's he's rip the Orioles heart out I, I definitely respect the way he's played and you know how, how good he's been over those over this last decade so uh, despite the antics I, I do I do respect him as a player and I you know as a Blue Jays fan in your in your eyes you know I can see where it's gonna kind of stink to see him go
1: yeah well I appreciate that John coming from the uh, other side of the equation in the rest of the slate the Nationals uh, throw Gio Gonzalez at 14 and 7 mark 268 ERA the, their favorite of minus 140 and a 9.5 on the uh, over under for the runs against Atlanta and Lucas Sims who's two and five with a 552 mark 7.35 7:35 as that start time. I'm going to be picking on this game, but you might be surprised which side I'm going for, based on what I know and what I'll share. The White Sox throw uh, James Shields, four and six, a 5.43 ERA at Houston, and Brad Peacock, who's 11 and two, 2.98 the ERA, a huge money line favorite uh, at home. The Astros are minus 300. The over under set at nine and a half for that 8:10 start. The Diamondbacks visit San Diego, where Rick uh, Robbie Ray uh, is 14 and five, 2.74 the ERA. The visit are a minus 120 favorite the over under set at a low seven and a half Denelson LeMay who's been featured on our pods for the last few weeks he's just fallen in line in this rotation so we talk about him every week he's seven and seven with a 415 ERA and 910 is that start time the Indians face uh, throw Josh Tomlin who's nine and nine with a a high 504 ERA they're a narrow favorite of 105 and the over under set at eight and a half against the Angels Ricky Nolasco uh, tough tough year for the veterans six and 14 the era 10 that start time and finally the rangers and andrew kashner 9 and 10 is the record 340 the era they're in seattle against king felix five and four the era uh, he's a home favorite uh, yep. along with his mates minus 160 the over under set at nine for that 10 10 start all right john let's get into it beginning with a look at the top the, the top options and the starting pitchers uh, in the Fanduel board, where I see Chris Sale and Robbie Ray as the perceived cream of the crop options price-wise on the Fanduel board, your thoughts on them and others below them down to ninety-one hundred dollars?
2: Yeah, the, these guys are are clearly the the standouts. There's no no other pitcher option uh, priced above ten thousand. So you you know it's interesting to see Robbie Ray only two hundred dollars uh, less uh, than Chris Sale. But when you look into it a little bit, Chris Sale's been kind of you know pedestrian by his uh, standards over his last. Of three outings, you know, allowing seven runs over 16 innings. Uh, di- the strikeouts are always going to be there. 23 strikeouts in his last 16 innings. So there, there is that. 11-6 is a lot to pay, though, um, and he just he really hasn't been this quite the same level of dominance that he was in the first half, uh, in the second half, really. So um, Robbie Ray, I think, uh, has a better matchup here going against the Padres, and he's been arguably the most dominant pitcher in baseball over the last month. 5-0 and record, 1-3-9 ERA, a 0.7 whip 15.3 is his k per nine i mean those are just astounding numbers that's i mean that's kind of what chris sale was doing in the first half there so ray coming from the left side going against the padres um Very interesting there and also has a 1.3 ERA away from Chase Field. And obviously tonight uh, he'll be going against or going in Petco Park. He is he does have a relatively tough matchup going against LeMay um, on the other side of that. And the the Diamondbacks bats haven't been as hot of late. But I still think that uh, Ray is probably the better choice if you're going way, way up the board. Uh, Luke Weaver kind of interesting tonight, but it is in Cincinnati. So that that kind of makes him a GPP only uh, in my mind. And then uh, John Lester versus the Rays also kind of worth some consideration Uh, but a lot of those raised bats have have, uh, quite a history against uh, John Lester so that is something to consider before you plug him into your lineup
1: yeah and that's one thing that made me shy away from him John in this group uh, below the top two guys I like Alex Wood of the Dodgers he has a high win probability in my view in the matchup against the Phillies despite their recent play for $9,100 he's coming off two ordinary starts but then he was back in the groove last time out with uh, something you more expect of a guy with his lofty record and stats so So I expect him to go deep and build on that nice outing uh, and rack up a nice K total against what I think is an overmatched Phillies club if we look at the next tier from 8900 down to 7100 I have to say that I really like Peacock here for 8900 against the lowly White Sox it seems like I've been picking on this team but hey it's been paying off John so I'm going to keep doing it and uh, they're backed by a much stronger offense obviously Uh, Peacock has an excellent strikeout rate of almost 11.5 for every nine innings he's pitched all season I'll take that for this price my second favorite here is King Felix who has lowered his hits per nine innings pitch back to career norms over his last seven outings he's been very dominant at home in his career and this year too as well so I'll take him in a favorable matchup over to struggling Andrew Kashner every time and I'm going to be uh, pounding on Kashner with some of my other comments later in the show what do you think in this range John?
2: uh definitely like the peacock call i think that that you know the matchup sets up well and uh his you know his strikeout rate has been uh really impressive throughout the throughout the entire course of the season my only concern with him as always is you know whether he goes uh deep enough into the game to get you that quality start bonus but i think when when we're when we're talking about a team like the white Sox, i think that uh you know it sets up pretty well for him Uh, i think lemay on the other side as a gpp option but you know opposite ray again ray been so dominant, but LeMay, twenty four innings pitched, one eight ERA, one two five whip. Uh, ten and a half is his K per nine over the last four starts so that's a those are pretty solid marks across the board I I think that uh, this Diamondbacks team um, you know like we were talking about at the top of the show they might be inclined to sort of uh, you know not have all their best players play all nine innings tonight honestly because that things are pretty uh, well in hand for them as far as a playoff spot is concerned so you know sneakily I think LeMay might be uh, a GPP consideration
1: Finally, the rest of the pitchers below $7,000. Are there any viable options for you down there, John?
2: uh yeah there is actually and he's you're going to be seeing him pitch tonight actually uh jake junior is uh, a very consistent pitcher uh nothing very flashy he's not going particularly deep into games but he's got two five seventy ra over his last five and a, you know a pretty solid eight and eight and a half uh, K per nine which is pretty solid when you consider that you know he's generally uh kind of sitting in the low 90s with his fastball as a right-handed pitcher so uh, again not a flashy pick but he's been doing it with deception he's been doing it well um so i think that that Potentially going against a Blue Jays uh, team that um, you know is, is sort of playing for pride at this point, I think that Junis uh, might actually be a decent option, and it really allows you to, to load up on bats that are going against bad pitchers tonight. So 6,700 uh, for a guy that's been really consistent over the last month. Uh, I do like that call.
1: Well, I'm going across the diamond in that same game, John. And I'm going to take a look at the Jays starting pitcher in this one, and that's Brett Anderson for 6,500. This guy has been. Uh, producing pretty decent starts each of his four appearances he's allowed three run earned runs or less he didn't allow a a walk to anybody in the first three starts for the jays but did surrender four free passes last time i think that was anomaly an anomaly for this guy and i look for him to get back on the beam and he'll tie up the lefty bats in the royals lineup enough that he might uh, just squeak through and, and qualify for the win probability that i see is in his favor this evening before we get on to the position players, uh, let's t- take a nod to FanDuel again, John, uh, where fantasy football fans, the wait is over, football is back, which means FanDuel is back. And uh, at FanDuel, we have football for everyday fans. There's new contests starting every week, no busted seasons, and something for everyone. Pri- uh, starting prices for the contests are just a dollar. You can choose your team. There's uh, opportunity to watch the score in real time. There's lots of contests to choose from as well. you know, John, we've got two weeks under our belts now, and I thought I was going to cash in our staff free roll. I'm kind of steamed at you because you were the, the guy that knocked me out right at the end of it. it. Isn't that nice. the
2: worst? Like, like the, the worst is when, you, when you're all checked in, you have a good, solid point total, but that freaking Sunday night game and someone else is loaded up on it, and there we were. I had Ty Montgomery and Julio Jones, and it, it just got me into the cash there. So I wish it wasn't you that I bumped out, but I was pretty happy to come away with, with the prize there.
1: You know what? I have to say it wasn't all lost for me. I had the biggest points total this week to, uh, in our Rotowire staff uh, Vegas League to even my record there. And in the fantasy sports show that was held in Toronto a couple of weeks ago, I also uh, drafted a team there against some really high-profile people in the industry. And I'm proud to say I'm 2-0 and so far, John, one of you only go. three teams at the top of the ladder there. And there's big bragging rights and a WWE-style belt that's on the line here. So I really <laughs> have my eyes on that. And boy, I'll be strutting around Vegas wearing that thing next year i hope but uh, moving forward i think that we are starting to get a read on teams and players is this uh when you start to become more active on the waiver wire john or do you wait a bit longer
2: um you can't you can't uh wait uh, the football is too short a season with, with too few games to to be patient like if you're still hanging hanging on to like a danny woodhead get rid of him. if you're still you know holding out hope that david johnson only misses 12 games I you know i don't know what to tell you but you have dead weight on your roster you know it's important to be active it's it's also important to not over if you play in a league that's not uh based solely on waiver claims but the 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 fab budget Mm -hmm. um it's it's important to not go overboard you know like last week a lot of people went dove in feet first for Tarek cohen uh and the bears were shut out obviously by tampa so you know things like that just you know bid responsibly uh let the other guy overbid uh and overreact to things but uh you know you know Trust, trust what you see on tape and what you 're seeing from the box scores and you know everything that you 're looking at uh, statistically uh, and make, it, make an informed judgment because you know uh, you could be that guy that, that burned a third of his fab budget on a backup running back
1: absolutely agree with everything you said there, particularly hanging on to that FAAB budget. I love to do that and get the advantage over the rest of the leagues that I play in as often as possible in the latter part of the year when some other names uh, maybe fall to injury, and then the re- replacements are guys that they have to count on for the remaining games so. I love to have that edge at that time of the season and uh, a key point that we both are on, uh, f- friends. There's over two and a half million players who've won cash just like me and John playing on Fanduel. To take advantage of our special offer for new u- u- users, sign up today at Fanduel.com/RW. You get a free six-month Rotowire subscription plus a free entry into the NFL Sunday Million, which offers more than one million dollars in cash prizes with your first deposit on Fanduel. Just visit Fanduel.com/RW. And And, of course, these contests are void where prohibited. Okay, let's get into our position-by-position picks, starting with the catchers, where we see another narrow skew from top to bottom, just as we did last week. There's 10 picks at 3,000 or above, John breaking them down for uh, our listeners. I'll, I like Kurt, Kurt Suzuki at $3,200 near the top of this list, actually. His OBP is at uh, 346 on the year, and he's on a recent hot streak with 11 hits in his last 33 at-bats, and he's one of a number of Braves hitters who have a very good history against that starter Gio Gonzalez. I'll be hitting on that theme throughout the show. Sal Perez has higher, is higher in the order than most of his peers at the catcher position, and tonight he gets the platoon advantage against lefty Brett Anderson. He also has three multi-hit, games in his last six starts so he's another one who merits some consideration in this range Uh, but that and that's where I'm looking at one of these two guys potentially John what say you
2: Uh, definitely like both of those picks I think you know uh, targeting some bats in that Atlanta game uh, especially where where that ballpark has proven time and again to be uh, definitely uh, favorable towards the hitters Um, that's certainly something to think about especially when you consider uh, that Suzuki does have a good history against Geo especially Um, I like a couple of $3,100 options here Uh, like Mike Zanino um, of Seattle Uh, 357, 449 643 is his slash line over the last 30 days Uh, gets to go Against Kashner, uh, ranks only second behind my other pick at catcher, uh, Robinson Torinos, in terms of weighted on base um, among qualified catchers over the last month. So both of those guys, I think, uh, draw good matchups in a game that should be relatively high scoring. Um, I think both these guys bring a pop potential or extra base hit potential um, that some of these other guys uh, might not bring the same level of. Um, so uh, I like I like either Torino's or Zanino.
1: When we look at the backstops, uh, the reigning guys below three thousand dollars, there's two guys that I'm looking at in this range, and it's got to be one of Christian Vasquez of the Red Sox for twenty seven hundred dollars or Toronto's own Rust Martin for twenty four hundred dollars. Vasquez, for his part, has five multi-hit games in his last nine starts and gets the platoon edge against a struggling Ori- Orioles lefty Wade Miley. I don't want to rub that in. No, okay.
2: it's, been, uh, uh, it's like it's already bad enough after la- after last night, Gossman. <laughs> Goes eight scoreless, and uh, they blow it at home oh, my and now, now it 's like we get to, we get to follow it up with just letting the Red Sox score ten runs at least
1: <laughs> and Russell Martin is finally healthy for the jays, and I think he has an extra spring in his stride after struggling with injuries for a large chunk of the season. Uh, like Perez he has a middle of the order spot in the Toronto lineup and that makes him a solid value play for only $2,400 since he's been able to get on base at a 35 percent clip a year to date not, not too many people are aware of that the battering average is not where it should be but he sure walks a ton and he could be in the in for a couple of runs scored in this matchup tonight I think if he gets fortunate who do you like down here John
2: uh, as far as punt plays go, um, so, some people I think that are interesting are Wilson Ramos at 2300 Depends if he's in the lineup, but if he is, uh, drives the platoon advantage against uh, John Lester. Uh, he will be at home. Uh, so I think that, that there is some upside there and he's hitting like th- a little bit over 300 over the last week. So, uh, you're not like completely, you know, over the moon about, about playing, playing him, uh, this evening, but it, it could certainly be worse if you're going for a $2,300 option at catcher. And then, uh, 2,600, uh, maybe I'm drinking too much the Milwaukee tap or the Madison tap water here, but, uh, Manny Pena at 2,600, uh, whenever he goes against a lefty, it tends to go pretty well for him. And that's what, that's what the case is tonight going against Steven Brault, uh, hits 289 against lefties uh that's really the only time you can you can trust him uh but he doesn't hit for a ton of power against lefties, so that, that's something you got to consider you, you got to hope that the floor there uh, rests with a couple of you know with a couple of base hits and, and maybe uh, being brought around uh by some of the other bats in that brewers lineup but i think you could certainly do worse uh than Pena at 2600
1: then at first base john uh, the top tier of guys is all the usual suspects uh, give me your breakdown sir
2: well, I, I wanted to bring you know one thing to to our attention here because you know anytime that we see Goldschmidt not among those top five, let alone under four thousand, you you know it's like is this a trap? And. <laughs> and you know what I think it is um because initially I plugged him into my lineup and then I I, you know did some digging uh since he had that bit of his elbow flare up earlier this month uh he's slashing 182 200 341 so that's not Goldschmidt numbers that's not Goldschmidt production um and again you know I was saying earlier LeMay has been pretty solid so you know this is a sneakily tough matchup for the Diamondbacks bats and you know despite the enticing price tag on Goldschmidt um I can't quite uh go for that whereas on the other side Um, I do like uh, loading up on an expensive first base option from that uh, St. Louis versus Cincinnati game. Uh, Joey Votto obviously has a tougher matchup going against Luke Weaver. um, But, I mean, Votto is about as professional of a hitter as there is. Um, Very difficult to to figure out for a pitcher. uh, A guy that always makes solid contact or can work a walk. Um, So 4,200 at home. Do like that. And then Carpenter, you know, his peripherals aren't as enticing, but he does get to go against Rookie Davis, which I think kind of uh, helps helps you know, bring up his floor and his ceiling a, a fair bit. So at 4,100, you don't love paying that for Matt Carpenter, but I could see where it could make some sense uh, tonight, given the matchup and the location of the game.
1: John, uh, Edwin Encarnacion is still my pick from the top tier. The guy has been hitting homers at a better clip than any other first baseman since uh, middle of May, and he's in the middle of pretty great offense, I hear, uh, in Cleveland. Uh, Freddie yeah, Freeman, they're not bad. Freddie Freeman, for his part, has also been a guy who's carried a hot bat. And I'm not fearful of the lefty on lefty matchup with Gio tonight because uh, Freeman's tuned him with 13 hits and 16 ribbies and 42 at bats in their head-to-head matchups and OPS just below one. So I don't mind either one of those two first basemen. And so going big at first base is, is an option for me tonight. Then we have quality guys uh, sitting there below 3500 And I'm still kind of irked by the snubbing of Justin Smoke, who looks pretty attractive at $3,200 for a guy who's fifth among all first basemen in OPS year to date. And another guy, Ryan Zimmerman, priced at $3,100 despite collecting 14 hits in his last 10 games. Looks like an ar- another bargain b- uh, uh, guy in the bottom tier. He's got great numbers on the whole season, but he's really raking right now, John. What about uh, your thoughts uh, on, the second ba- uh, on this group, and then uh, we'll talk second baseman in a minute.
2: Yeah, I, I do like that that Zimmerman call especially, and he's a guy that I haven't used a ton of in DFS uh, this year after his like initial kind of bubble burst uh, after his ridiculous month of April. Um, but he's he is OPSing close to a, a thousand over the last month, so that you know he's not just getting on base, but he's actually you know doing some damage, and that that's what you look for in DFS. You want those extra base hits, um, so I think that Zimmerman is providing those at a clip that's uh, you know something that is certainly worth considering, especially in this matchup and. Again, Again, uh, in a game that I think there will be uh, some runs scored, but if you if you kind of need to punt, um, Josh Bell at twenty five hundred or or Yonder Alonso, uh, neither neither guy overly exciting right now um, I do like it when Josh Bell um, gets to face a right-handed pitcher because it, you know I think his swing from the left side of the plate uh, is really impressive and you know he's got 24 home runs on the season so the the pop is certainly there um, and he's going against an inexperienced guy that like we said earlier has one major league inning uh, to his to his credit here so I think that Bell uh, is a fine punt play this evening.
1: All right. At second base, let's look at the top tier down to 3,500 partner where we see Whit Whit Merrifield among the bid boys. Uh, That $4,100 price tag applies here, though, because he's got 18 hits in his last 52 at bats with seven extra base knocks over the last two weeks, and he gets the platoon edge over the Jays starter, Brett Anderson. So that's the explanation that I see for that price tag justifying it but I'm more interested in talking about Robbie Cano a little bit lower down the list he's been on fire over the past month with a slash line that looks like this 315 367 441 facing Kashner that's a big green light for me tonight uh, John what are your thoughts
2: um, definitely like those calls anytime that we, we can get some Robbie Cano I'm totally in for that um, I think that moving down the board both of the uh, White sox choices you know if you if you're going away from Brad Peacock um, I think that the, you know this is a GPP type of play um, either Elmer Sanchez who who's uh, been actually extremely uh, good over the last month or so uh, his 379 weighted on base is seventh among qualified catchers uh, over that span and then you look at a guy like yoan Moncada for A little bit cheaper, um, OPSing well over a thousand over the last week. It seems like you know he's starting to live up to to that billing as like a you know generational uh, type prospect. So uh, things are starting to click for him. So either of those White Sox options uh, sneakily are, are both pretty interesting tonight.
1: And then, you know, if we drop down a little bit lower in this range, I'm going to look at $3,400 on down, where I see Brandon Phillips for $3,300. He's a guy who's been a consistent hitter all season long, John, but he's on a real hot streak with seven hits in his last 20 at-bats. He's been a nice fit into the Angels lineup tonight. He gets Josh Tomlin, who is maybe the weakest of the Indians pitcher boarding an ERA north of five. Scooter Jeanette's on another power streak. And you know what? I have to laugh when I mention his name because some of my baseball pals laughed at me when I touted him last season. No one's laughing anymore. He's also (laughs) got that platoon advantage against the card starter Luke Weaver tonight. Your thoughts here?
2: Um, yeah, I mean, Sco- Scooter's been the man, that, uh, this year it's just, uh, you know, 3,200 that that's a pretty reasonable price tag as well. Um, and then, you know, scope is, is getting the, the price bump downward, you know, sort of like the anti, uh, Coors bump here because he's going against sale. So he's just 3000. Um, so that, that's of some interest to me, but not, not a ton. It's really kind of hard to go against, uh, Chris sale. One thing I did want to bring up, uh, for the listeners is Daniel Murphy was scratched last night. I don't know if he's going to be back in the lineup, but that, that has, to at least give you a little bit of reason for pause uh, before you plug him into your lineup because uh, i know uh, you and i both are in on that atlanta washington game but and murphy generally would be a big centerpiece of that but uh, you got to be at least a little bit concerned uh, heading in tonight into tonight but we'll see what lineup lock uh, looks like a little bit later this evening
1: John, let's look over at the third base where we see the usual suspects, again, about $3,500. I have to mention Josh Donaldson. He's looking really healthy and is racking up homers at a record pace of late with a pair of two homer games among a recent barrage in the past week to reach the 30 mark despite only 454 plate appearances on the season. He's also 13 for 28 in this past week uh, on fire, like like nobody's business. But my preferred choice in this top range is Kyle Seeger for $3,600 because he's a centerpiece of a possible stack against Kashner, who's been harmed not only by Seeger, but several other Mariners, batters, in head-to-head play. I also like the fact that Seeger has clubbed six homers over the past two weeks, so the power stroke is there as well. Over to you, John
2: um let's see i think you know machado he he has certainly cooled down a fair bit over the last few weeks he was you know red hot coming out of the gate you know after the all-star break up through pretty much the beginning of september it is a tough matchup against chris sale but the 3500 price tag kind of makes that easier to tolerate in my opinion and then you you look at things and uh you know it's not I'm not like a huge BVP guy, but uh, you know, over over, you know, a certain sample, I think it's something to worth or that's worth considering and Machado's hitting well over 300 against Sale in a uh, 15 at bats, so not a huge sample, but certainly one that, you know, makes you consider things a little bit and then uh, on the other side of that, uh, Rafael Devers um 3300 uh, going against Wade Miley and if if the fact that Devers being a le- you know, a left-handed bat uh, going against left-handed pitcher scares you off. It really shouldn't because if you look at if you look at his splits, he's actually kind of a re- reverse split guy. Where only two thirty-three against righties, but a f- ridiculous four forty-two uh, against left-handed pitchers with a one point one seven four OPS. So that's that's pretty significant. If you want to get some, some Boston stack rolling, uh, Devers has to be a part of it at, at just thirty-three hundred with those kind of numbers going against uh, Wade Miley.
1: John, just to underscore a uh, comment on Sale and uh, Machado in that match up sales had a bit of an issue with the long ball over the last seven starts and uh, manny has been known to hit the odd home run so i like that call very very much as it, it might seem like a contrarian play to some of our listeners until you start doing the digging that we do for you uh, who do you like below the $3,500 mark I lean in this group toward Bregman as a productive bat in an Astros lineup and facing an underwhelming James Shields for $3,300 and one of your faves Jake Lamb for $3,000 though you've been down on him in the last couple of weeks he gets the platoon edge over uh, San Diego starter LeMay who also has a bit of a high homer rate of late that's not a good thing against the Desert Dogs lineup is it?
2: no it certainly is not but um at the same time uh again jake lamb uh these the, these struggles have uh it, you know his his struggles coupled with goldschmidt's kind of cost me in, in one of my season long leagues because uh-huh. i had both of them so i'm a little bitter but uh you know <laughs> and and but i mean listen uh, over the last month uh his ops is under 500 that that's just you know uh d- you you detach the yourself from the name and you look at the numbers and you know that's someone that you can't justify putting in your dfs lineup I'm, I'm sorry like he's he's been so great for most of the season but uh things have really really slowed down to you know to an almost unplayable point uh for Jake Lamb here so at least for daily purposes um I, I understand some some of your points here and you know 3,000 for, for a hitter of his talent uh may, maybe he gets things turned around but I, I'm just I'm probably off of using uh Lamb and Gulchman maybe the rest of the season
1: somebody sounds fed up to me oh yeah <laughs> I get it though uh now let's look at the shortstop position John where we see a number of premium guys over the 3500 dollar mark I continue to hammer at Kashner today with uh, M's shortstop and leadoff hitter Gene Segura, one of the best table setters in all of baseball when he's healthy, and he certainly is right now, highlighting a power, I'll highlight his power streak in a week where he's also recorded three multi-hit games, so getting the hot stick there at the top of the lineup with maybe an extra at-bat over the rest of the field at this position is something I don't mind, and uh, I'll throw my partner a bone, uh, a Baltimore booster like not too many other people I know, John, uh, by adding that Tim Beckham is another guy that should be considered in this discussion he's really been an amazing hit machine since joining euros and has this 20 these 22 round trippers on his resume as well sale i mentioned earlier in defense of your pick on machado has had uh, a bit of trouble with the long ball over the last seven starts and this game is in the friendly confines of camden yard's launching pad so uh, i think you could be laughing a little bit tonight
2: uh, you know, potentially. Uh, you know, Beckham certainly. Um, you know, he started out just at a at a blistering pace. Uh, it's it's come back down to earth a little bit, but he's still been extremely solid. Um, you know, since joining the O's overall here, so uh, don't mind that call at all. I thought that shortstop was a little bit. Uh, tough to figure out today, honestly. Um, but I, I kind of le- leaned back to uh, sort of my tried and true pick, uh, for, you know, since pretty much the summer started. Uh, Paul DeYoung, I, again, you know, if you, if you want to get part of that Cardinals Cincinnati game, uh, just twenty nine hundred. Um, I know that he's he cooled off a bit there for a while, um, but he crushed a deep home run uh, last night. You know, ended up driving in two runs, um, hitting around, hitting around, hitting around two, around two but OPS close to 900. So again, going against Ricky Davis, you're betting on the matchup here and you're betting on, uh, the, you know, the idea of, uh, you know, getting exposure to great American ballpark. Um, so 2,900 isn't bad. Um, in that same token, uh, Corey Seager, 2,900 seems like, you know, it seems like he's been criminally underpriced, uh, you know, for a lot of this season, but, uh, maybe he'll make a little bit of sense. I would like JP Crawford as well, generally, but, uh, he doesn't have the platoon advantage going against Alex Wood. So I'm probably, uh, laying off of jp crawford although uh there are some other phillies bats you know that are obviously interesting that that uh, that young nucleus that, that phillies sort of started to call up here uh it's it, i think it's a it's an announcement to the rest of the nl east that the phillies aren't aren't going to be the doormats for much longer
1: yeah i i, I agree with you. i like their pitching staff too they got a, young, a lot of young arms that We'll soon get it all together as well. Uh, if, for my picks below the $3,500 range, I favor Marwin Gonzalez of Houston at $3,000 as part of a cheap Astros stack against Shields. He's shown a consistently in, consistency in chalking up extra base hits of late and reaching base at a 35% clip over the last two weeks. So I like that to continue in that favorable matchup. And then Addison Russell is another guy I like in this range for the fact that he's back in the Cubs lineup and flashed his power stroke early in his return to active duty. He gets the platoon edge against Blake's now and looks like a sneaky contrarian play in a Cubs stack possibility here, John. Let's move over to the outfield now where we see eight premium options at or north of a $4,000 threshold. John, help me make some sense of the names that I don't usually see in this range. I mean, Kevin Kiermaier at $4,000, really? Uh, ben and in a lefty-on-lefty matchup, even if it is Miley? Help me out here, partner.
2: Okay, but, well, with Kiermaier, um, I, I think that part of the, part of the uh, appeal here. Um, obviously, the the ownership is going to be extremely low because most people just simply aren't going to pay that for, for Kevin Kiermeyer's bet. Right. But look at who's on the mound uh, John Lester a guy that that cannot throw to first to save his life cannot hold runners on so if Kiermaier does uh, you know uh, you know if he does get on base you know say two three times you know he could be swiping bags you know that if, if I'm Tampa Bay I'm absolutely running all over John Lester as much as I possibly can anyone with it with any semblance of speed Kiermaier certainly has that so I, th- I think that the four thousand price tag here is you know under the under the assumption that you know maybe Kiermaier picks up a couple uh, base hits and a couple stolen bags on top of it.
1: That's a big ask I think, but we'll
2: see. I think so too. I think so too. Ben Intendi, I'm not I'm not as sold on even even with the Miley matchup, yeah. um you know, he just doesn't hit lefties uh nearly as well and you know, yeah. you have to pay what a $100 more for Reese Hoskins uh who dr- who does draw the platoon advantage. Uh, I think that that's sort of a bit of a no-brainer
1: to me. Yeah, the rest of the guys up there certainly are there on merit. So I just wanted to hit the guys that I thought were dubious and we did cover them off. Uh there's a lot of names to consider in the group between uh, the next tier, John, and I'll take a table setter like uh, A.J. Pollock here at $3,800. It makes some sense to me atop that D backs attack. He he had a huge night in San Diego last night with a a couple of round trippers. And I like his chances for another strong night. He's on a 10 for 20 streak in the past week. And includes seven extra base knocks, so, uh, and there's plenty of backup in this lineup the last time I checked. Josh Reddick is another guy in this group that I like. Seven for 22 with three homers against Shields in their head-to-head uh, history. He's a, a nice uh, part of the st- this Astro stack that I've been talking about against this diminished veteran Shields, and he's been a consistent force for his part over the past month with an OPS just under one in that stretch. John, what are and your the, thoughts the, in this group? Uh those are
2: all good calls I I am in on all of those um I kind of like you know, you know, Yasiel Puig has started to come around a little bit and he's going against the right-hander. Um, it's relatively unproven in Jake Thompson. So he's 3,400. And I believe the other night uh, Puig, you know, the Dodgers have been kind of shifting their lineup. Their lineup used to be, you know, something you could kind of set your watch to um, as far as how most of it was constructed. Uh, but it's been moving around a little bit uh, here in the end of the season. So I think Puig moved up to the cleanup spot the other night. So if right. he moves up uh, into that area again, 3,400, uh, 3,400 is an awesome value against a a pretty inexperienced pitcher. And, you know, you consider Puig's numbers. You know, he's a consistent around 280 hitter. um, And he's even better against right-handers, one of those reverse split guys. Uh, 25 of his 26 home runs have actually come off of righties. um, And he's hit 13 of those uh, dingers away from Dodger Stadium. So, I mean, he's pretty even home versus road as far as his power output. Um, So I think that he's uh, relatively interesting. Uh, I would like Nick Williams a little bit more if Puig wasn't right there. And, you know, again, if Williams had the platoon advantage, which he does not as a left-handed bat, uh, going against Alex Wood. And then um, I always got to go to bat for my guy, Tommy Pham, a member of the 2020 club this season. He's going to be going high in drafts next year. I'm thinking at least a top 50 pick, uh, batting over 300. And again, going against Rookie Davis tonight um, in Great American Ballpark. Uh, There's a lot to like there for just 3,600.
1: So let's see. Tommy Pham is probably for you. what scooter Jeanette is to me that's that's a pretty good analogy i think that we can draw based on today's i think show. that's fair yeah uh, john next uh, you know i want to include in this discussion mitch hanniger uh, to cl- close out my oh he's seattle, been great my seattle stack thirty three hundred dollars gets to this relatively hun- heralded player who's been on a real good power and hitting surge over the last two weeks and i think that's a great piece to, to close out my uh, the way my lineup might look uh, i'm kind of curious to see what you come up with uh, tonight john
2: uh, you know, uh, otherwise, um, I think that the, there's cheap outfielders to approach on both sides of that Milwaukee Pittsburgh game. I think you know, an Adam Frazier on Pittsburgh, or if you want to go uh, mccutcheon or, or Starling Marte down at thirty one hundred. I know he hasn't you know kind of lived up to the billing this year, but uh, it's still something that is potentially worth considering. Um, and then you know, if you go way down the board. Um, I I do have Keon Broxton in my lineup right now and you know again it's it's going to be because he's going against Stephen Brault to lefty uh, Brault I think in the end will will be a piece of that Pirates rotation but um, I think Broxton against a lefty uh, with his with his speed his ability to to run things out um, I think that you know at 2200 um, he's what uh, my friend and I Joe Pizapia the the guy I do the Friday shows with call call a bit of a responsible punt so uh, I'll I'll throw him down there if if uh, you're completely pinched against the cap and really need someone near minimum salary. You could do a lot worse than Keon Broxton.
1: Very good, John. Uh, what oh, is and your,
2: my boy Austin Hayes. What Austin is, Hayes too.
1: What does your uh, preferred line DFS lineup look like at the end of the day?
2: All right, let's 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 uh, pull this up here. All right, so I got I have Jake Junis as my pitcher. So that again, just kind of loading up on bats. Uh, Right now, Um, Sal Perez is my catcher. Joey Votto is my first baseman. Jose Altuve is my second baseman. Although I'm considering pivoting off of him for for someone that's uh, a a little bit doing a little bit better of late. But then again, Altuve does get to go against James Shields, so it it might be hard to move off of him uh, now that I think about it. Um, Machado, uh, Manny Machado at 3,500 again, getting the price break going against Sale, but the good history against Sale, you know, in the low ownership percentage, kind of drove me to go the Machado. here Uh, shortstop I do have Corey Seager but I think I'm going to move that to uh, Paul DeYoung same price so no real change to my lineup there Um, and then uh, Mike Trout and you know, going top of the board as far as uh, my outfield goes. And then Tommy Pham and Keon and are, are my other uh, two outfielders. So that that's kind of how I line things up, you know, really kind of loading up on the offensive side here and just hoping and praying that Jake Junis uh, gives gives me a quality start here.
1: Well, that's the benefit of picking a guy who doesn't cost so much on the mound. You can really load up, and that's a great example of what you've drawn up with your lineup. So I'm hoping that Junis does fall flat on his face, though, tonight, I'll
2: be honest. <laughs> fair enough, fair
1: enough. <laughs> Brad. My lineup will begin with Brad Peacock uh, for Houston against the White Sox. I look at the high wind probability here for a guy who ha- has one of the high strikeout rates in the, in the league in terms of strikeouts for nine innings. If he can put together uh, a solid game score, I think I'm on my way in this one for $8,900. I'll take that chance. And I don't think there's a lot of risk involved. Uh, At the catcher position, I like the way Russell Martin has come back to the Blue Jays lineup. Uh, He looks like he's having a lot of fun out there, despite the fact his club's playing out the string. And this guy's not used to missing the playoffs. $2,400 gets his bat in the lineup. He's gonna be in there in the heart of the order this evening. Uh, At first base, I got Ryan Zimmerman, who won the coin flip over Justin Smoke for me. Uh, The Nats have a good matchup against Atlanta, and uh, he comes in at $3,100 for all the offensive numbers that he's got on on his resume. I think the hot streak is guiding me uh, toward him at this cheap value. Uh, At second base, I got Brendan Phillips, a guy who's really been hitting up a storm of late. $3,300 the price tag there. Uh, Kyle Seeger for, for Seattle against Texas, I talked about him earlier, $3,600 there for that consistent bat. Then that shortstop, I made the case for Marwin Gonzalez, uh, priced pretty cheaply at $3,000 despite what he's been doing of late, and that favorable matchup for Houston as well. Then in my outfield, I've got uh, three hot sticks, uh, A.J. Pollock, josh reddick and mitch hanniger i think is going to be the dark horse that makes my team tonight i will go out and say john that's my picks and your picks let's see what the rotowire lineup optimizer has in store for tonight's games
2: uh optimizer does uh, advise going up the board at pitcher going chris sale and you know here's a pretty good example of how you can build your lineup if you go the chris sale route there's still some pretty solid options here uh russell martin at catcher i know that you're you're in on him as well yonder alonzo kind of a punt play uh at at first base at 2600 but does get to go against andrew kashner yeah daniel murphy second baseman so again we we said earlier you know you're gonna have to check to make sure that he is in that washington lineup uh before you lock him in because he was scratched uh on tuesday night jake lamb at third base at the hot corner three three thousand uh, just batting on the value there, paying off um shortstop Corey seager uh, at 2900 I, I i do agree that seager is a very fine play uh at short uh this evening and then uh George Springer is, is your first outfielder at 3,700. Starling Marte uh, is your second outfielder at 3,100, again, getting some exposure to that Pittsburgh uh, versus Milwaukee game. And then, you know, rounding that out is sort of where I got my Keon Broxton idea, 2,200. If you need to punt, uh, there's worse things you can do than, than using uh, 2,200 on Broxton there.
1: Well, the optimizer certainly looks like it was... Uh made to order today it, we, we covered off all the names that, without even trying in, in this show so good job by both of us I'll say before we <laughs> close it out John I want to ask you we're seeing more inexperienced starters in late season play there's one matchup tonight that favors that ha- hits one against another we often recommend stacks against them with opposing batters is there a time when you might favor one of these inexperienced starters as your preferred go-to guy
2: I think it's it's one of those situations where you certainly have to look at at prospect pedigree here. I mean, you know, if this if this is a guy that that's cheap, but you know, has theoretically a favorable matchup, um, you know, you know. Like a Jake Thompson, he's a guy that that is a future piece of that Phillies uh, rotation. But but at the same time, he's going against the Dodgers. So you got to kind of parse out how you feel about the Dodgers. You know, are, are they the team that's uh, you know that was the first hundred games of the season, or, or that that team that really has hit the skids over the last month or so? Um, so you really kind of have to parse those things out. And you know, it's something that you and I also saw earlier in the season, where where guys that made the twenty five man roster for the first time are getting their first exposure to big league right. hitters. And by the same token, uh, these hitters are, are seeing these pitchers for the first time, and they're not necessarily picking it up very well. I mean, we saw like a, a guy like an Amir Garrett of Cincinnati earlier this season throwing a couple shutdown outings uh, just because uh, hitters had yet to adjust to them. So, that you know, it, it's a bit playing with fire using these guys, um, especially against contending teams or, or teams with loaded lineups. Um, but I think that there is something to be said for, for, you know, the element of surprise there. So pick and choose wisely. Uh, you know, make sure to look at the prospect profile you know again like a guy like steven brault he's a future piece of that pirates rotation um he he does have a little bit more major league experience than some of these other guys taking the hill tonight um so he's he's of a little bit of interest as well
1: very good john that's a fine way to end it so i won't even add a word that was well covered off so there you have have
2: one i have one last
1: question for you Okay, go go all
2: right wild guess what is kevin gossman's era in the second half
1: oh my god you gotta tell me and i'm gonna laugh two two six wow that's crazy how about that that's how crazy. about that he had to get in a boston a baltimore plug and i i, I yep. owe you that one i got to give you the floor for one for we one
2: were ripping time. on him last week and I, I was jumping in on it too so <laughs> just wanted to throw that out there good good on you kevin gossman
1: very nice so there you have it for john mckechnie who's a great follow at johnny mckex i'm paul bruno who you can follow at statsman 22 and we wish you good luck with your fan picks come back to listen to our pods on a daily basis to get an edge on the competition so long everybody